Hello and welcome to the Alive Church in Newark podcast. We're so glad you're joining us today. We hope that you find what you're looking for today and that you are challenged and inspired to pursue the life that God has for you. Enjoy the message. Well, uh, over these next few weeks, over these next uh, three weeks, in fact, uh, in, uh, in the church, we're going to be looking at a little, uh, little series uh, that, uh, that we're calling All In. All in, and uh, and it's looking at uh, the expectations really that Jesus uh, Jesus laid out uh, to his uh, to his disciples and to the church uh, in the words of Jesus. So focusing in in the in the Gospels and uh, and what Jesus uh, said, uh, and uh, and so I'm excited about it, and I'm, I'm going to talk more about the series as we go through today. Is that okay? Great news. So I'd like it if you can to open your Bibles uh, to uh, the book of Matthew. Uh, Matthew chapter 16 and verse 24 uh, for our scripture for today. And, uh, and I'm going to read it. And, uh, and it says this. Then Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross and follow me. And Lord, as we, uh, as we open your word this morning and as we, uh, as we study what you have to say to us, we ask, Lord, that you would speak uh, to each of us individually. Would you minister to our hearts? Uh, would you uh, speak to your church this morning? Amen. Amen. Now, I wonder if you've ever read a passage of scripture and, uh, and you've really had to wrestle with it. Right, you've read it, and, and you kind of understand it. You kind of know what's going on. You understand, you know, what it's saying, but but something's still not not quite right. You just you just don't. Something's not clicking. Do you know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? Sam knows what I mean. Everyone else is like, no. What are you talking about, Dom? Understand all the scriptures perfectly. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Well, I don't. Um, so uh, so I've, I've, I've been wrestling with this scripture uh, this week because um, I believe that God wants to bring a message to this church today. And, uh, and he brought me to this scripture uh, that we've just read. And, uh, and I've been wrestling with it this week. Okay? I've been wrestling with it. I've been reading it over and, uh, and over again. And, uh, and then it, it just didn't seem quite right. I wasn't quite sure uh, what it was that God was trying to say. And then I realized that this scripture that I've been reading is not supposed to be read in isolation, right? It's supposed to be read as a uh, part of a rich tapestry of scriptures, and it needs uh, foundation. It needs understanding before uh, we, can, uh, we can understand the scripture. Does that make sense? Yeah, and uh, and I think it's great. It's actually pretty. It's actually pretty funny. God's amazing, uh, because this journey that I've been on with this scripture, where he brought me to this scripture first, and I was like, ah, just what do you mean? And then he took me back to a different bit of scripture that informs the first bit of scripture, and uh, this really is a great uh, is a great illustration uh, for this entire uh, message this morning that I believe God wants to bring to us. The original title of this message was called All In For Jesus. All In For Jesus. But actually, I think a better title is this, First Things First. First Thing Is First. Now, as I, uh, as I, as I read this scripture, the, uh, the scripture that I've read, um, it seems quite odd, right? That Jesus is telling his disciples that in order to be his disciples, they must uh, take up their cross and follow him. 
And I think perhaps, uh, perhaps to us, sometimes as, uh, you know, as, as, as Christians, if we don't look too deeply into what's going on here, uh, that can be fairly obvious, perhaps, right? And when we think of, I would take up the cross, follow Jesus, well, that's, that's easy, isn't it? That, that means, you know, cross, that means Christianity, basically means Jesus. So we just take up the cross, take up the Jesus way and follow him, easy. Um, but actually, that's not what's been said here at all. Uh, that's, that's not the essence of, of what Jesus was saying uh, in any way, uh, because for us, everybody knows that the cross equals Christianity, pretty much, yeah, symbol of Christianity. We'd all recognize that in our, in our culture today. But to Jesus' audience, who he was speaking to at the time, that's not the case at all. There is no connection whatsoever at this point between the cross and Jesus. No connection whatsoever. Uh, at this time, the cross was well known, uh, but not in a good way. The cross is well known as a Roman torture device that was feared by the people. And, uh, and when people were sent to the cross by the Romans, they would be forced to carry their own cross beam, uh, just as we read that Jesus did, uh, to the site of the cross, and then, uh, and then they, would, uh, they would be uh, hung on the cross. And, uh, and so Jesus is telling his disciples, you need to go to the cross. And I think this is a really odd and peculiar thing uh, for Jesus to say. This idea of sending his disciples to crucifixion. And this is why I wrestled with this scripture. This is why I, need, I needed to understand uh, the scripture. And so to proceed with this verse, we first need to understand and read a different verse. Because, first things first. And, uh, and we're going to do that in a minute, but, uh, but I'd, I'd just like to highlight the importance of uh, things occurring and things happening in the right order, right? First things first. Has anyone here ever put up uh, IKEA furniture? Yeah? Some of us have. I'm actually pretty good at it, uh, if I do say so myself. Not good enough to do everyone else's. Just putting that out there. Uh, so, uh, so, but when we're putting up IKEA furniture, uh, we can't flick to the back page, can we? Uh, and, uh, and, and go from there, because we need to do the other steps, don't we? First things first. Yeah? Uh, we can't go drilling the handles onto the front of a drawer uh, without first constructing the drawer. First things first. Uh, we can't, uh, in life, we can't go driving around in a car by ourselves while our license is still green with a big red L in the corner, can we? Because first things first. And, uh, and Jesus says that, we, uh, that, that uh, before we start to address the specks of dust in, uh, in our neighbor's eye, we first need to address the planks in our own, don't we? Because first things first. And, uh, and so this idea of, of first things first is really, uh, is really cr uh, crucial, it's really key, uh, because we have, we have a mission, we have a, we have a mission into this town, don't we? And, uh, but before we start going on uh, our mission, before we, uh, before we really get stuck in uh, to what it is that Jesus has called us to do, we need to lay some principles down, because otherwise we'll just be going out without order, uh, without discipline, with no idea really what we're doing or why. And so we need first things first. Is that okay? That's good news. That's, uh, that's, really, uh, that's really great news. Uh, so our mission into this community is to d see disciples made, isn't it? 
That's ultimately what Jesus called us to do, to be a church that grows, to be a church uh, that genuinely sees disciples made, that genuinely sees miracles occur on these streets, uh, to see all these incredible things, uh, to be all in for our community. And, uh, and that, that's, uh, that's part of, uh, uh, part of this, uh, this series that we're looking at, to be all in for our community. Can we get that slide, Angel, that says... All in, and then all in for our community. That's the one. All in for our community is, uh, is, is, is what we are. That's what Jesus called us to be. But we can only do that if our house is in order, yeah? We can only uh, successfully uh, and efficiently go and serve our community uh, if uh, this house is in order, if we are a healthy uh, church, because only healthy things grow. Isn't that right? Yeah? We, uh, we've got experience of that at the moment in real life example. Our vegetable patch, not doing well. It's not healthy. It's not growing. There's no fruit there. Healthy things uh, grow. And so we need to be this church that loves one another, that serves one another. How can we possibly be a church that serves our community if we can't even serve ourselves? Because first things first, we need to be uh, all in for the church. There you go, all in for the church. But the church, the body of Christ, is made up of many parts. Isn't that right? Yeah? Uh, And so every one of us must be committed to each other. We must individually be healthy people. Now, uh, we're not going to be perfect people by any stretch of the imagination uh, until Jesus returns. And we're not going to be fully restored uh, either until uh, until Jesus returns. But we must be striving. We uh, We must be heading in the same direction. We must each individually be all in for Jesus. And so we have this, uh, we have this uh, scenario here where at the basis of everything we do, we must each individually be all in for Jesus. And it's only by us all being all in for Jesus that we can be all in for this church, for this body of people, uh, for this, uh, for this um, ecclesia uh, is, the, is the Greek word. There you go. Very fancy. Uh, and it's only by, uh, by each individually being all in for this church that we can go out and serve our town, uh, see disciples made, and, uh, and, and really be effective for the kingdom. Because first things first. Yeah? So in our scripture in Matthew 16 that I've read, this scripture that I've wrestled with, as, as, I've, as I've said to you, um, Jesus asks his disciples to go to the cross. He asks them to, uh, to, uh, to deny themselves. He's calling them really uh, to, uh, to, to death. You know, Let's not mince our words in this place today. Uh, that's what he's, he's calling them to. But to understand this scripture, uh, or, or rather, uh, God help me understand this scripture uh, by going to Matthew chapter 4 and verse 18 to 22. And I'm going to read it for us now. And it says this, As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, called Peter, and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus says, and I will send you out to be fishers of men. 
At once they left their nets and they followed him. Going from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father, Zebedee, preparing their nets. Jesus called them and immediately they left their boat and their father and followed him. Now, in our scripture, this, uh, this first things first scripture, this scripture that, uh, that, uh, that helped me to understand what was going on in our, in our second scripture, which I actually read first, it's confusing, isn't it? Yes, it is. It is confusing. Uh, but, uh, but in this first things first uh, scripture, Jesus is calling his first disciples. And these men are, are fishermen, right? We read that, it's very clear. And Jesus tells them, he says, come, follow me. Now these words that Jesus used, they're not just words of Jesus. They're actually a, uh, a calling from a rabbi uh, to their disciples, right? And there were, there were many uh, rabbis, Jewish teachers of the law um, around. Not many of them were the Son of God, only one in fact, Jesus Thanks, darling. Uh, but, but there were many rabbis around at the time, and, uh, and this, this call to, uh, to disciples, come, follow me. This is an honor, and it's a privilege uh, to, be, to be called by a disciple, uh, by a rabbi. And, and when this happens, the call is not just to, to, to follow, you know, sort of walk behind them, but actually to fully adopt uh, the rabbi's way of life, to fully adopt uh, everything that they do, everything that they believe, every way that they act, to love what they love, to hate what they hate, to be passionate for uh, what they are passionate for, to mourn for what they mourn for. Uh, this calling is, is to imitate the rabbi and, uh, and to trust the rabbi. And ultimately, actually, this calling is, is for the individual, to the disciple, to trust the rabbi more than they trust themselves. That, that ultimately is the calling. Now, in ancient Jewish culture, this is fairly normal, right? This, this, this is good. This is, uh, this, is, this is a normal way, and as I say, even an honor. But in uh, modern Western thinking, this is tricky. This is uh, really tricky because we're taught from the, a young age the importance of self, aren't we? We're taught, uh, actually uh, conditioned almost, to think uh, in a way that puts our own, uh, our own self, our own motives, our own stuff above that of anything else. Our own needs, our own opinions, our own agendas above everything else. We're taught the idea of personal truths. What's true for me? We're taught about relative truths. And, uh, and this, this is the way of the West. This is the way of the West. But these things, these ways... They're not God's ways. They're not uh, the way that God uh, does things. The call of the Christian is actually to put off ourselves and to pick up the Jesus journey, acknowledging that he is worthy to be followed. Not only when it's convenient for us, but also when it's inconvenient for us. Not only when uh, it suits us, but also when it doesn't suit us. Not only when it's easy, but also when it's hard. Now this concept, this idea of trusting somebody else more than ourselves, this is completely alien in Western culture. It's weird. And yet it is absolutely fundamental uh, to following Jesus. Because if we're truly following him, we go where he goes. And we do what he says 
even when it's difficult. Because if, if we don't, we're not really following him, are we? All we're doing is going in the same direction as him while it's convenient for us. That's not following Jesus. And this is a challenge for us, as I say, in the West. Now, Jesus says to these men, he says, come, follow me, and I will teach you to be fishers of men. And at once they put down their nets. Now, I want you to imagine this, right? Tomorrow, Monday, uh, as you're going about whatever it is that you're, uh, you're doing, it could be uh, at home, uh, caring for and raising the next generation. You could be at work, in a shop or an office or whatever else it might be. But wherever you find yourself tomorrow, somebody comes in, they walk in and, uh, and they say to you, hey, come follow me. Come follow me. And, uh, and in that moment, you leave what it is that you're doing and you just, you just, you just walk out. Right? If, uh, if, if you're at work, you quit your job on the spot right then and there. If you're at home, uh, you just abandon all your responsibilities and, uh, and, and you leave. Surely that's what's happening in this, in this scripture. Surely that's, that's, what, that's, what, uh, that's what we're reading. These men are, are fishermen, aren't they? They catch fish to sell, to, uh, to then pay for food and shelter and everything else that they, that they need to pay for. And surely uh, Jesus is calling them away from that. Seemingly Jesus is asking them to abandon uh, everything and follow him. Surely that's what's happening. And it's a big ask. It's a big ask to change what it is that we do every day uh, and to follow Jesus. And so it might seem to us that this instruction is actually not relevant to everybody. Perhaps it's only relevant to those in full-time ministry. Perhaps it's only relevant to people uh, who can do that, who can afford to do that, or who want to, to do that. But actually, it's not relevant to everybody because we can't all down tools and, uh, and go into full-time ministry. And so perhaps we can't relate to this verse en masse. It doesn't mean something to everybody. But I want to look a bit deeper, really, and ask if, if that actually is what's happening here. Is that what's happening in this verse? Is that what Jesus is asking? Is Jesus asking these men to abandon their lives and their livelihoods? Well, yes, he is but not in a way that I think we perhaps think. Not in a way that we think. The Bible calls these men fishermen, right? And, uh, and the Greek, I like Greek. I don't know much Greek, but I like it. Uh, the Greek for fishermen is this word here, halias. Everyone say halias. Halias. Uh, these, these men are described in, uh, in uh, Matthew chapter 4 and verse 20, no, 18 as Halias. And, uh, and th- this is what they do, right? It's what they do. It's how they earn their keep. They are fishermen. This Halias means fishermen. And Jesus instructs them to follow him and he will send them out to be, this phrase is really crucial, f- uh, to, to fish for people, Right? And I've looked extensively into, uh, into this phrase to fish for people because I was like, Jesus, what are, you, what are you saying to these men? 
What's going on here? And in our English translation, it's translated differently all over the place, depending on which version you've got. Some say uh, to fish, uh, to, to fish for people. Others say uh, to be fishers of men. Uh, but I wanted, to, uh, I wanted to look at what was actually going on here. And uh, this phrase, uh, to fish for people or fishers of men, is this, uh, halius anthropone. Halius anthropone. Say halius anthropone. Good. Halius anthropone. And I want you to note here that the word fisherman is still present. It's still there. And not only is it present, but it's actually present in the, in the same form that describes what these men are. It's present in the, in the form that means these men are fishermen. So it's still there. These men remain fishermen. But here's the thing. Jesus is about to do something incredible through these men because instead of just being fishermen, he's going to make them fishermen of people. And Jesus is, is, really, uh, is really clever here uh, because this short phrase has a, has a double meaning. There are, there, are, there are two things going on in what Jesus is saying. The first is perhaps the obvious one, and it's this, uh, that these men, uh, and the, by that the call extends to all of us as well, but these men will go out to fish for people, right? Just in the same way that they would fish for uh, fish, <laughs> Uh, that they would fish for fish and bring all the fish in, so too uh, will they now go out and fish for people. They will go out and bring people in to the kingdom. That's, uh, that's the first thing. That's the first uh, meaning. Uh, but the second thing that's going on here is something that we can perhaps miss if we're not careful, because Jesus carefully retains their old vocation within their new calling. And I think this is incredible. These men are still fishermen. He hasn't changed what they do. In fact, we can read later on in the book of John, uh, we can see that Simon, called Peter, and, uh, and Andrew go back out fishing. They go fishing. They haven't, they, they haven't abandoned what it is uh, that they do. They remain fishermen. Uh, Jesus hasn't changed what they do. But actually, Jesus has changed much more than that. He hasn't subtracted from them. He's actually added to what they do. He's added to who they are. Uh, Jesus has taken their lives, their skills, and what they know, and he's given it divine purpose. He's taken the fact that they are fishermen, and he's added now that they are fishermen uh, for men, that they are fishermen of men. What, what you're doing before being fishermen, that's great. That's awesome. Carry on uh, with that. But now it has meaning. Now it has purpose. And now you do it for me. Jesus is rarely interested in, uh, in, the, in the practical and the vocation and the sort of, and the sort of what uh, we do. But Jesus uh, yearns to change why we do things. He yearns uh, to change who we are. See, before this conversation, uh, Peter and Andrew, they were fishermen. That's, that's who they were. That's, that's what they did as well. On their Instagram profile, perhaps, would say, Simon, called Peter, fisherman. But now, since this conversation, after, after this conversation, they are fishermen for Jesus. 
their vocation has been given divine meaning, divine purpose. And now they're fishermen for Jesus. The Bible says that they left their nets at once. No hesitation, no thinking twice. The call of Jesus is a strong calling. They don't know what's going to happen. They don't know where they're going to go, what Jesus is going to ask them to do. We do, because we can read all of it, can't we? (laughs) At the same time. But they didn't. Uh, They didn't back then, but they're up for the Jesus journey. When uh, When these men abandoned their nets and their boats, they are not simply abandoning what they do on a day-to-day basis. They're not just, uh, just abandoning their lives and their livelihoods in that manner. They're actually abandoning much more than that. And you might think, well, what, what's more than you, that? They're abandoning much more than that because they're actually abandoning their identity. They're abandoning a trust that they once had in their nets and in their, in their boats, uh, the trust that they had that these things would provide for them, that they would be their sustenance, and instead they're heeding the call of the rabbi to trust him more than they trust themselves. And to make everything that they do for Jesus. It's actually a single act that says, I trust you. I put my trust in you. I don't put my trust in these nets anymore, in this boat anymore to provide for me, but I put my trust in you. I follow you. And so with our refreshed understanding of this call to follow Jesus, our first scripture is actually uh, pulled into focus. Then Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. Jesus calls us to put our old selves down, even to death. Because our old motives, our old agendas, our old desires are incompatible with the discipled life. They're incompatible with the kingdom life. This act of abandoning the nets and picking up the cross, it's the same thing. It's the same thing. It's an abandonment of the old. And it is acknowledging the new. And so that brings us really to a question, which is this. What do we do with that? What do, we, what do we actually do with, with, with this? You know, the, uh, it's pretty pointless, really, if, if we all go away from here thinking, well, Don brought a message about some, something about fishing nets, but I wasn't actually sure what we were supposed to do at the end of it. Uh, that's pretty pointless. Uh, so uh, so I, want, I want to, uh, I want to, to bring a practical uh, reality uh, to, to what Jesus is, is calling us to here. See, Jesus gave one instruction in our scripture that we looked at, uh, when he calls his disciples, he says, come, follow me. The call of the rabbi, of the teacher, to put our trust fully in him, to love what he loves, to be passionate about what he is passionate about, to mourn for what he mourns for, to be guided by him. And so our first response, our first and foremost response is this, is to do exactly that in every area of our lives that we, uh, that we would uh, center our lives around Jesus. 
that we would center every part of our lives around Jesus, that we would trust Jesus more than we trust ourselves. That is a, it's a big call, it's a big ask, and yet it's what Jesus asks for. It's what Jesus asks for, to seek the will of Jesus in every situation, every circumstance, acknowledging his will above our own, to truly follow him. And this is called discipleship. And it's a lifelong journey. And it's a journey that we're all on and we start at the moment that we accept Jesus as Lord and Savior in our lives. And from that point, it's a, it's a lifelong journey uh, to do our best to align every area of our lives uh, to his will, to his vision, to his, uh, his uh, perfect life that he has for us. And we don't fully get there until he returns, but it's a journey uh, that we're on nonetheless. And, uh, and there's, some, there's some great stuff around, around discipleship. And over the next few months, I, uh, we, we hope, well, we will uh, be putting some, some really practical things in place around, around discipleship, uh, around what that, uh, what that looks like. How can we, uh, can we each individually be taking responsibility uh, for aligning our lives to Jesus? Uh, and so, uh, so that's something uh, that we're going to be looking at. But in the meantime, the call of the disciple is to acknowledge that my life is not my own. And that's hard. That's really hard. It's not just words, but it's real. And when those words become real, it's really hard. My life is not my own. It belongs to him. It's bought and it's paid for. After Jesus' instruction came his promise. Jesus promised. He didn't actually say the words I promised, but he said what he would do. Uh, that he would transform what these men did into something that they did for him. And this is, what, uh, this is what Jesus brings to us as well, that he will transform what we do to make it so that uh, we can do it for him, to give our lives divine purpose, to give what we do divine purpose. Every day in every situation, whatever our, whatever our position in society is, Whatever it is that we find ourselves doing on a day-to-day basis, we do it instead for Jesus. We do it instead for Jesus, whether you're at your job, whether you're at home. Whatever it is that you find yourself doing tomorrow morning, you're called to do it for Jesus. Can we begin each... Well, we can. We can begin each day, uh, whatever activities are going to ensue in that day, uh, lifting them to God. Asking that he would bless what we do, that he would work through us in some way uh, today. That he would work through us, that he would be with us. Um, Whatever that might be. Whatever that might be. might be that we are silently praying uh, for customers at a checkout. It might be that we are uh, showing the love of Jesus to a misbehaving client. That one's particularly relevant for me. Uh, It might be that we are showing the principles and the teachings of Jesus to our children through our actions and through the way that we do things. Everything that we do, he takes and transforms it for the good of the kingdom, for the good of him. And so this is our challenge for this week. And as as we're gearing up for what God has for us in the future... Because 
let me say this. I think over the past, over the, over the, over the lockdown, over the past few months, um, this church has, has been so blessed by God. It is by the grace of God that we are here because not all churches have fared uh, through uh, the, the lockdown. There's some incredibly sad stories all over the world about how churches no longer exist. And so it's by the grace of God that we are here and we are put here for purpose and we're put here to see transformation occur and it will uh, and uh, we will see it and, uh, and we will rejoice and we will lift his name high. Uh, but over these past few months, uh, what, what we've done, and it's only natural really, and I also think it's right, is that uh, we have turned slightly inwards as a church. That's what's happened. Right? We've gone into sort of a bit of self-preservation mode, making sure that we're all okay, bolstering life groups, making sure that, uh, that, that, ev- that everybody is, is cared for, everyone knows they're loved, everybody has provision. We've done our best to do that. We haven't always got it right, but we've done our very best. We've also, at the same time, we have had an outward focus uh, as well. Uh, we tried our best to, uh, to, uh, to provide for our community in running courses, in uh, pr- making food packages, uh, in providing breakfast uh, for, for children in this school. So we, we have done our best, but there's always been, really, over these past few months, an inward focus to the church, looking in. But it's, it's time now to figure out how we look out again. Because that's ultimately what we're called to do. We're called to look out. We're called to go out into our community, to make disciples, to see transformation. It's no good as just looking in and being, a, being an insular club. That's not what we're called to do at all. We're called to go out. We're called uh, to see miracles occur in these streets. And we will. And we will. But, uh, but in order for that to be the case, we need to be right, don't we? We need to be all in for Jesus. We need to be all in uh, for the church. And then we need to be all in for the community. And that is what we're going to see. That is what we're going to do. And we all need to, we all need to commit this uh, to each other, to God, that we are all in for Jesus. Because here's the thing, and I was thinking about this this week. As we go, as we do things, as we continue uh, with, with the mission that we're on, um, you know, uh, Sometimes people are going to fall out. Let's name that, because we're all people, aren't we? We're all broken. Uh, we all, uh, we're not fully uh, restored yet, and so we're going to get things wrong. We're going to, uh, we're going to, we're going to get things wrong. We're going to fail. We're going to let people down. That's just what it is to be human. But we need to commit. And if we do, if we all commit to the fact that we are each all in for Jesus, that we each have our hearts aligned to Jesus, then when we do fail, when we do let people down, when all that stuff does happen, we can each say, well, you know, they haven't behaved in a way that I particularly like, but I know that they are all in for Jesus. And we need this as a foundation uh, stone for us, because without it, we're going to sink Without it, we're going to sink. And so that's our, that's our challenge uh, for today, uh, to be all in for Jesus, to truly heed the calling that he called us to, uh, to uh, when he says, come, follow me. 
to abandon our nets, to abandon what was before, to abandon the trust that we used to put in other things and instead fully put our trust in Jesus. And, uh, and I'm going uh, to stop talking now uh, because I believe that we need, to, uh, we need to lift his name high. We need to declare who he is, uh, what he's done, what he will do. And, uh, and we, we can do that in, in our sung worship. So, uh, so guys, I'm going I'm to get out of the way and uh, we're going to worship. Why don't we stand if we're able? And, uh, and let's worship together. Thanks so much for joining with us. We hope you enjoyed the message today. If you did enjoy, you can subscribe to hear more from Alive Church Newark. You can share this message with your friends or you can share on your social media pages. We hope and pray you have a great week and meet with God. God bless you.